Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. Good morning. Our reading today is from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. Let us prepare our hearts. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders. And he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. The people who have walked in the darkness have seen a great light. Have seen a great light. Those who lived on a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. On them light has shined. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named, and he is named, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Prince of Peace. So it was cold. It was bitterly cold. And to be fair, that's not unusual for February in Alaska. That's where I was outside of Anchorage, about a mile and a half outside of Anchorage, in a conference center. 
I was there because the Presbytery of the Yukon, which is a collection of Presbyterian churches, they were having their high school youth retreat, and they had flown me up from Atlanta to be the keynote speaker there outside of Anchorage. There were young people, about 150 of us from all of these Presbyterian churches throughout the larger part of Alaska, from kids from Barrow at the very, very north to Anaktuvik Pass, to Palmer, to Wasilla, to Anchorage and Fairbanks. We were there for a Friday, Saturday night. Uh, They put me in a cabin by myself, which was very kind of them, so I could get some sleep. Uh, What I remember is that I got into the cabin, and there was a little space heater, and I turned it on, and try as it might, that little space heater just could not get the cabin warm. They gave me a mummy bag, um, the kind where you get yourself in it and you just everything's closed except for your face to stay warm. Um, I remember that first night, Friday, I wore all of my clothes. I eventually gave up and got my jacket and put that on and then put the mummy bag over me and I was modicum of warm. The space heater was on all night. It still didn't help that much. I woke up Saturday morning early and I breathed and I saw... Yeah, I saw my breath inside the cabin and thought, yeah, that's not good. We had a great Saturday. It was a wonderful day with these young people, wonderful conversations, a lot of activities. We were all indoors. It was great. That night, our last night there, I went back to the cabin. I turned on the space heater hours before, trying to let it help get the cabin warm, and it wasn't. I kept my clothes on, put my jacket back on, um, and got into the, the bag and just zipped it all up so it was just my face showing, and I was trying to get some sleep. It was about two in the morning when there was this urgent knocking on the door, and I was sort of groggy, fitful sleep, warm, cold, warm, cold. And I said, yes, and there were these two young female voices outside the door. I could hear them, and they said, Roger, Roger, you have to come. And I said, outside? And they said, yes, you have to come. Urgent voices. And I said, why? You have to see this. You have to see this. You just have to come and see this. And I thought to myself, no, no, I I, I really don't. I don't don't need to come outside and see anything right now. I'm trying to stay warm. But they were insistent. And so I thought, oh, good Lord, Jesus, come on, really? And so I had to take off the mummy bag and get out. I still had my clothes and my jacket on, so I opened the door, and the whoosh of the cold, two in the morning, came in. There they were, these two lovely young women, and they're like, and they're stomping because they're so cold. Said, you have to come down to the lake. We're all at the lake. And I said, it's 2.30 in the morning. And they said, yeah, yeah, you have to come, you have to come. And so I'm like, oh, good grief, come on, Jesus, really? Um, so, I'm, so, so they're stomping down, and, and snow and ice everywhere has been there since November, and I'm following in their footsteps. We go about 20 yards, and they have to go down this hill, and we go on to this large, beautiful, frozen over for months now lake. And we make it our way. I'm following them. My head's down. I am very, very cold, bitterly cold, thinking, why are we doing this? I, I get out there, and sure enough, all 150 people, high schoolers and adult leaders and other pastors, were all out there. I'm thinking, what? And then one of the women said to me, isn't this great? Isn't this great? And I said, what? And she said, look up. And I looked up, which I had not done, and I saw the northern lights, the aurora borealis. Have you seen northern lights? Have you seen northern lights? Show me. Have you seen some of you? Okay, so what happens, of course, 
is a whole combination of things have to be correct in order for these light shows to dance in the sky. And here I am in outside of Anchorage, Alaska, so of course it's a great place to see these. Uh, but I had never seen northern lights like these. I want you to envision in the sky, like a curtain hanging there in the sky, and each of the folds of the curtain was a different bright color of light. And every time the curtain would move, the lights would change. And there's like fluorescent yellows, fluorescent oranges, and some blues, and then greens, and even some purples. And these Alaskans, to a person, they were all native Alaskans, had been born there. There were Eskimo young people and Tlingit young people, and they were all going, ooh, and ah. And then at one moment, it was as if God, God's self, took the edge of the curtain and shook it like this violently. And as the curtain moved, all of the colors danced across the sky. It was stunning. And one young man said, you go, God! And we all started cheering and laughing and clapping. It was an amazing, amazing moment. It was an awesome moment. It was a wonderful moment. It was a moment full of God's creativity. So the prophet Isaiah says, as we come to this Advent season, that for unto us a child shall be born, unto us a son shall be given, and the authority shall rest upon him, And his name shall be called, four names, Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. We're going to spend each of these Sundays looking at each of those names. To be clear, the prophet Isaiah was not thinking about Jesus Christ. The prophet Isaiah was thinking about a new king that would come and rule over Judah, At that point, the Hebrew people were under the oppression of the Assyrian Empire. They had conquered Israel and Judah, and they were keeping the Hebrew people down. God gave to Isaiah a vision and said, there will come a time, a child will be born, and this child will rule with righteousness and justice. Now, later, we as followers of Jesus Christ in this Advent season... We know and believe that Isaiah was speaking not just about a king to come to Judah. Isaiah was speaking about Jesus Christ himself. A son shall be given to us, and authority shall rest upon his shoulders, and his name will be Wonderful Counselor. You go, God. Wonderful Counselor. That's true. We discover that when we read the gospel stories. Jesus himself walked around among people and performed signs and wonders. His teaching, his preaching, his healing, his miracle working. This was the one who gave us wonderful moments that we still talk about and learn more about and read about in these days. So Jesus as wonderful, that's not a heavy lift. But Jesus as counselor, hmm. So I want you to think less about the therapeutic idea of counselor and think more about something like this. Uh, My friend and Bible scholar, Walter Brueggemann, who loves the 
book of Isaiah, loves the book of Jeremiah. Walter Bugeman says that counselor phrase, it's not so much like a therapist or someone who counsels you and gives you advice. Think of counselor more as governor. Think of counselor more as ruler or as authority figure. The one who rules with righteousness and justice. So when we think about a ruler, a governor, a wonderful governor, a wonderful ruler, then it seems a little more political than at first we think of wonderful counselor. Political because, you and I know this, right? The Greek for politics actually literally means the affairs of the people. It refers to how the people will care for each other, how the people will treat each other, how they will distribute the resources that they have among each other. That's what political means. Political really means how the people shall live among each other. So we talk about politics as a negative word. I understand that. But at its root, political really means one who governs with righteousness and justice. So this wonderful counselor is a wonderful governor, a wonderful ruler. That's how he will order the world, the society. We'll care for each other. We will care for the creation. We will share the resources equally. In a few moments, when we gather around this table and share the gifts of this table, I think that in itself is a political act because it's about how we share the gifts of God for the people of God. I think it's a political act every day when our food pantry and clothes closet opens at our 99th Street campus because what we're doing there is caring for each other, is sharing resources with each other, is trying to bring righteousness and justice for lives, all of our lives together. I think tomorrow morning when we welcome our children at preschool here at Village on Mission, at Preschool Village on Antioch, and at our Child and Family Development Center, I think preschool, I think daycare, that's a political act because we're caring for the affairs of the people. We're caring for families. We're caring for children. I think Amethyst Place that you Presbyterian women will choose to benefit and care for on Tuesday, I think that's a political act. So think about wonderful counselor as a wonderful governor, as one who sets an example for us on how we're supposed to share the resources gifted to us with each other. Now, to be sure, there's a difference between political and partisan. I think the difference is stark and important. I think partisan means that you promote or endorse a particular candidate or a particular party of people or a way of thinking, an ideology. We choose not to be partisan here at Village Church. You will not hear from this pulpit or from your leadership that in order to be a follower of Jesus Christ, you have to be a Republican, or you have to be a Democrat, or you must choose to be an independent. As we look to the election next year in 2024, you will not hear from this pulpit or from your leadership that in order to be a follower of Jesus, you have to vote for a particular candidate. That's partisan. 
And even though there are churches and certainly believers around us who are clearly partisan, we choose not to be that. Honestly, I think it disrespects you when I or someone else tries to tell you how you're supposed to think. What I do think we're supposed to be is political because Jesus Christ is this wonderful counselor. So, as I was pondering this and praying about this and reading and studying about this, I came back to that frozen lake outside of Anchorage, Alaska. Believe it or not, we were on that lake for almost two and a half hours watching the northern lights. Two and a half hours in the bitter cold. And what I realized afterwards when I got back into the bunk, into my cabin, into my mummy bag and tried to get some sleep, what I realized was the only way we were able to be out there for two and a half hours was we sort of acted like this amoeba-like group of people, 150 of us, high schoolers and adults, pastors and leaders together. Clearly, the people who were in the middle, we were all huddled together, and we were all looking up. The people who were in the middle, that was the toasty and warm section. The people on the perimeter, they were the ones who were bearing the brunt of the cold and the wind. And what I realized, without anybody actually organizing it, was during those moments, we would start to move with each other. And those who were inside, those who were the warmest, would eventually start to move to the outside. And those who were on the perimeter, who were the coldest, they would begin to move to the inside where they could get warm. We did that motion in this lovely dance for about two and a half hours. And then the northern lights went away. And we all went back to our cabins and tried to get some sleep for the rest of the night. I think right there on that frozen lake was the body of Jesus Christ doing political work. We were caring for each other. We were looking out for each other. We were sharing the resources of our warmth with one another. Yes, for unto us a child will be born, unto us a son shall be given, and all authority will rest on his shoulders, and he will be wonderful counselor. For he will rule with justice and righteousness. You go, God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.